Welcome to Lead to Succeed. This is the podcast to hear from the leaders of today in various fields, from entrepreneurs to corporate directors. We hear their stories, lessons learned and challenges faced, as well as insights and advice to become a successful and an inspiring leader. The podcast is presented by us, Callum and Rebecca Jenkins, as we both believe that we all have the potential to be outstanding leaders if that's what we choose. Hello and welcome everyone. Today we have Geordie Ferrer and Geordie is the VP and GM UK and Ireland of a business called ServiceNow. So a very big welcome to you Geordie. We're delighted to have you on this podcast. Perhaps you'd like to kick off with a bit of an introduction a bit about the business. Uh, well thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I, I work in a company called ServiceNow. It's uh, one of the fastest growing software as a service uh, companies in the world. And I've been in the company for a year and a half. And uh, what we do is we help businesses uh, digitize by enabling people to work better. And the way we do it is all of the different um, siloed systems that businesses have, from IT to customer relationship management to ERP, all of those things require um, a a lot of integration. And uh, work is not easy because those applications are hard to use. So what we do is we connect everything and we make it seamless. Uh, and that applies to both uh, consumers, it applies to enterprises, uh, and uh, we do this for government agencies, we do it for big banks, we do it for small companies. So it's, uh, it's uh, quite an innovative and fast-growing company. And quite a sizable turnover, I think, if I remember correctly. One, one and a half billion? If four, four billion. Oh, four billion. Oh, right. Okay. Well, it was a bit out there. <laughs> so uh, it's it's getting bigger. So uh, there's a lot of really good, really good people in the company, and and uh, I'm I'm just very lucky to work there. Thank you, Jordi. I think Karen, you're going to kick yeah, off. That sounds really exciting. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast, Jordi. Great to have you on here. Um, I'm just going to kick off with a pretty sort of simple question. Um, obviously, you've had sort of quite a lot of experience in different roles at different companies. Um, I just wanted to sort of, in a nutshell, what leadership uh, means to you. And leadership, well, I think, I, think, I think it's really important to differentiate between leaders and, and managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a lot of managers out there and it's people who just do the day-to-day stuff. They do what they're told. They, they run the numbers. They support the teams, et cetera. And that's fine. Uh, um, and yet I also think that leadership is more than that. And I, I think leaders are people who listen a lot more who seek to understand the people they work with. Um, I think they're more comfortable um, standing up for their teams, but they're not necessarily managers. They're not necessarily, uh, they don't have to have people who report to them. I think leadership is is something that you demonstrate. Uh, But if you happen to be a manager, uh, you really focus on developing the people that work in your team. Uh, You tend to be, I think, less, more selfless. um, And you tend to, I think people who lead really try to do the right thing versus just doing what they, they get paid to do um, and hope that over time uh, that will pay off. Um, I also think that um, leaders tend to instill a sense of trust uh, because I think when, um, when you have trust, uh, you, you, you have a more powerful organization um, the organization is more resilient. You, you tend to have less fear. If there's less fear, then you drive more performance. 
and, and so, for example, in my case, I, I like to tell the teams, you know, take risk, but I'll provide the safety net. Uh, um, so at the end of the day, if things don't work out, it has to be my responsibility. Uh, it can't be, oh, sorry, you fell down, you know, bad luck. Um, on the other hand, um, I shouldn't really be taking the credit because I think it's their credit. Uh, and because you always get something back uh, as a leader. So, so it's a combination of things, but I think most of us are pretty quick to tell who is actually a leader and who is uh, just a manager type person or somebody who doesn't lead. I, I think it's a, you know, kind of your gut tells you instantly. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important distinction to make sure. I mean, I already brought that up now, as you said about, you know, being able to encourage your members of your team to take a risk, but you're there to kind of act as a safety net. You know, you encourage people to, to try new things and go outside the box, whatever it might be, but also, you know, you're there to, to, to sort of take the responsibility and help support them if, if things yeah. don't come out quite as they, you might hope they do. Um, so I think you touched on a lot of different things there, Jordi. Um, and one sort of follow-up question I'd like to ask you to that is, what do you think are the most effective traits of a sort of, of a leader? The most effective traits of a leader? Yeah. Um, I said, I, I think, you know, listening, um, um, comfortable, standing up for their teams, um, being selfless, uh, engendering trust. Those are three very important traits. Sure. Um, because I think when you know that your manager or your boss or somebody that you work with has your back, you're less worried. So you end up doing the right things because you're not looking out from, you know, is, 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 am I going to... Am I going to end up in trouble, or is somebody going to not help me, etc.? Yeah. So, so you're less worried and you're less encumbered by kind of the overhead of worrying about other people and other things, uh, and so you, you get more done. And so, I think I think those are really um, basic traits. Um, and I, I you know I think humans, you know, we've evolved and our amygdala is there to tell us when there's risk. So we're really good at telling very quickly. You know, can I trust this person? Uh, um, is this not going to be a good thing? Uh, I, we're really good at that. So it's really important that leaders instill that trust so that they're, the amygdala is not firing off saying, oh, I'm, I'm not doing anything because I may get fired. Uh, and so, so I think, I think that's, that's really important, or at least that's, that's how I perceive it. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's really all about getting the, the most out of your team and your people and making themselves supported and all that sort of thing, isn't it? Um, and I think one thing I was, I'd be quite interested to get your opinion on, Jordi, is... I remember when I um, sort of thought of leadership initially, I guess in like a large, a larger business, I always thought leaders would be people that are typically a bit older, maybe have a bit more experience or in more sort of senior positions. Um, and a, a few of the guests we've had on have said, you know, you really can sort of exhibit traits of a leader kind of no matter what position you're in. Um, so it could be, you know, you could be quite a junior level person, but by, by being supporting other people and sort of exhibiting some of those traits that you mentioned, you can sort of evolve into that leadership sort of position. Um, I'd just be quite interested to get, get your thoughts on that. Oh, definitely. I, I, there are people that I work with who are very young uh, and who don't have much experience. And I, I empower them and I trust them and I know they're going to do the right thing. And there are others who are very experienced and, you know, I have to be looking out for them. Uh, so, so I think age is actually um, not a boundary for leadership. I, I think it's a self 
I think it's easier as you get older to think, oh, everybody has to go through the same things I went to, uh, through to get to what I, where I am, right? And I think it's naive because if you think about it, uh, Bill Gates would never have founded Microsoft or Mark Zuckerberg uh, started Facebook because they were very young and they had huge responsibility within two years. And so I think you, you, you can't use your own stick to measure you know, your expectations of other people. I think when it comes to leadership, it's, it's about exhibiting those traits that I shared and, and I'm sure that there are many others. And those can be seen very clearly at all levels. Um, and, and sometimes it's not that you have to do anything heroic. It's, it's, uh, it's the culture that you build in your team and your company. It's uh, sometimes I ask teams, um, so it's, it's five o'clock in the afternoon and you're, you're just leaving, it's Friday. You know, when we used to work in offices, um, and the phone rings. Do you pick it up or just kind of skirt out? And to me, leadership is yes, pick it up. And if there's a problem, try to fix it or, or try to understand and then find the right person or give the whomever's calling the right expectation. Not well, it's not my problem because I get paid nine to five. Uh, and so, so I think it's many little things like that, and you can see it at all levels. And there are cases where you see somebody who's really senior and they're not leaders. You know, there are plenty of examples of people who are absolute failures, even though they got really high up in organizations and they're very powerful. And yet they destroyed uh, a company because due to the lack of leadership or the company never got to the level that it could have gotten. And by extension, all the employees and all the partners and all the, the customers never got you know, all the potential they could have gotten out of that. So so you're absolutely right, Colin. It's It's not just age it's a, it's, a, it's a variety of of things cool that makes a lot of sense thanks that i guess that's a good segue into the next question um it seems like you've had sort of quite a bit of experience as i mentioned earlier on in various different roles in a couple of different companies um was there a particular point in time that sort of stands out for you as the first time where you felt you stepped into a leadership position and i guess kind of how did you feel about that and sort of what did you what did you learn from it yeah i think I mean, probably a few, there were a few uh, times, uh, sure. but I, I, th I think an, an interesting one was I took over a team and um, seasoned people. And then after I took over the team, they told me, oh, those are the screw ups. You know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to manage that team. And I, I thought, well, that's interesting. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, um, the funny thing is that by the end of the year, we actually had the highest performance. And you know we broke lots of boundaries. We had lots of uh, success. We made lots of money, uh, and I didn't probably didn't realize then, but I think it was probably because we built the trust and the collaboration. Now these individuals uh, were exceptional, but they were very difficult to manage. Uh, but they were very difficult to manage for other people. For me, it wasn't it wasn't hard. I just think you need to give them rope. You know, not everybody is is comes out with this. You know, comes out of the same mold. And so, sometimes people who push boundaries maybe are less structured. Uh, maybe they have their own ways of doing things. And and I think leadership is about creating an environment where everyone can be themselves, mm. uh, and then that engenders kind of diversity of thought and ideas. And so I think, I think taking over that team uh, was really interesting because the success was there, but they, they weren't being allowed to perform uh, in the way that they could 
because I think their previous managers were trying to tell them how to behave and how to operate. And then it wasn't really genuine. So then they wouldn't trust, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I think, I think, you know, a lot of, we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion now and belonging. And I think a lot of it is just common sense and, and being comfortable with yourself and allowing others to be themselves. So, so yeah. uh, that's, I think that's a good example, but I, I'm, I'm sure I have others. No, I think that's a really good point. I think that almost kind of ties in a little bit, doesn't it, as to what you're saying at the start about supporting others. And I think from what you just said, it's almost kind of like, as you said, other people felt that team was a bit difficult to manage or kind of a bit difficult to get on with. But by the signs of it, you found a way to kind of relate to each person on their own kind of level and like understand how they operate as a person and kind of how to get the best out of them. Yeah, I, 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 that's probably it. Um, and I had a lot to learn from them and, uh, and I think they also had a lot to learn from me. So, so, yeah. so it's kind of that mutual um, uh, support and, and, and uh, value. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, I guess it goes to the heart of leadership. You will always have a lot of people on your team who are much better than you are at certain things. Uh, and why not? Why wouldn't you surround yourself with great uh, 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 teammates? I think I think sometimes it's really odd because in in for example in, in in football you would never make that mistake, but in business we do. In football you wouldn't say, "Oh, the coach has to be the best player." Never, right? The coach has to be the coach. Uh, and in business we tend to think, "Oh, the 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 leader has to be the." best at everything and then the the other the people that work for that in that team maybe are not as good but very, they're very good and i think that's a, absurd i think if you build a team find the best players you can find because it's much more likely that you'll be successful now what you need to find is that to create is the culture of of transparency of collaboration of shared purpose of respect that's what you have to do as a leader uh, uh, but you don't have to be the one you know kicking the ball and go to the goal right so so um yeah i think those are those are really important aspects georgie i think you'll probably agree with me on this that as a leader you are bound to get some really challenging situations and uh, difficult times that you have to deal with and what we really like to do in this podcast is to hear from leaders who have faced some really challenging times or maybe you know maybe think of one in particular where you found it tough you realized it was a difficult situation maybe share a little bit about what that was and how you coped and what you learned from it uh-huh. well <laughs> um, um i was thinking um i could give you my own my own uh, experience so i i think i've had a few bad managers, but I've also had a few exceptional, uh, exceptional ones. I think I think, unfortunately, less exceptional ones than, than bad ones. Um, um, but I had one that I think, in particular, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, he was absolutely terrible. I mean, this guy was just um, eagle. I mean, maybe maybe his name should have been eagle, uh, because <laughs> it was everything was about him, and. I was, I was much younger, and I, I was um, very hard-headed, uh, and so if you pushed, I will push back even even more, right? And and um, I think 
you know, he, he came in and, and um, I, I don't know if he felt threatened by me or, or he just didn't feel comfortable with me, whatever it was, it was his problem basically, but which ended up being my problem. Uh, and, and so I was lucky that I always delivered. Uh, and so I do the sales and do all the things I had to do. And, and I was lucky that there were more senior people in the company who could see that. And so in a sense, I had a bit of a, a protective shield in that this guy kept on hitting me hard, but you know, the numbers are there. I'm friendly with everyone. And, and the more senior people were saying, well, why would you sack this guy? He's doing okay. Um, now, on hindsight, I was pretty miserable because the tension and the stress of dealing with this guy was uh, was pretty horrible, right? Uh, and and I remember one time, one year, we well, I had him for two years. I walked into his office and he had a whole bunch of. I was selling into banks, and I had a I had one major bank name on the board, and then another one column, and then another column. There were a whole bunch of other banks. And um, he said, choose. And then a number on top of each one. And he said, choose. And to piss him off, I just said, fine, I'll choose the whole stack with lots of other banks. And he said, well, why would you want to do that? You've done all that. I said, well, the goal is lower. I said, no, you have to take the other one. He said, all right, so I'll take, I'll take the kind of this, the one that I didn't want. But it was really the one I wanted, but I was playing psychology with him. Anyway. So I ended up, um, he says, well, fine, you need to take the, um, this other one. He said, but, but then you have to take the other goal. So wait a minute. So you put a goal with all the banks and then you put another goal with a single bank and you're giving me the bigger one. The bigger one, how does that work? I said, does the goal come with me? He said, yes, the goal has nothing to do with her, it has to do with you. So it was him kind of harassing me uh, and pushing, right? Um, and when I think back, um, I could have taken quite a few actions. I could have probably listened more to him to understand where he was coming from, uh, because I certainly, I'm sure part of the fault was mine uh, for being so stubborn. Um, secondly, obviously he had his issues and I could have gone off and done something else in the same company. Um, and so to me, the learning was you know, you, 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 you learn to control yourself, you, you, you um, learn how to make mistakes, um, um, but you also realize that you're not right all the time. Uh, and so um, just because I feel some way about someone, or some, some, yeah, some, a certain way about someone doesn't mean that um, I'm right and they're wrong. And so, so uh, I, I think it would have been easier to get around the obstacle than to try to go right through it. Um, and, and so, um, you know, he ended up getting sacked, by the way, so I, I don't have any regrets from that perspective, but, but I, I probably wasted a lot of emotional capital in that situation. Um, I certainly learned, um, but I could have saved myself uh, probably a, a bit of blood pressure. And, Georgie, have you taken the lessons from that forward? I mean, how has that helped you going forward? Well, I, I've, yeah, I, I, I think every time I've worked for someone who wasn't great, what I've learned is what not to do. Uh, and most of it is common sense. It's, it's just, you know, be humble. You know, there are smarter people than you are. Um, maybe, you know, listen to the other person. 
and listen again because maybe you're not hearing what the person is saying. Maybe you, what you're hearing is what you think mm. they're saying. Um, and and um, yeah, I, I don't do politics, but there's always politics everywhere. So it's also important to understand how to manage up, uh, but up in a good way, not up in, in you know, I'm, 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 I'm just uh, beholden to my manager. It's more about what does that person expect? What does that person need? I think part of your job is to think, how do I make everyone around me successful? Uh, and that includes your boss, right? Because you, your boss has a mission, has, a, has an objective or, or a set of objectives. And it's really important to think, well, how can I help this person achieve what they need to achieve? Uh, and then hopefully they'll see that and they'll say, well, in return, I'm going to help you achieve your objective. So, so it, it's kind of a mutual accountability uh, uh, and that's how you develop trust. But if you're not worried about your boss, if you don't care what the, your boss needs to do, then maybe you're wrong. Maybe, maybe you're not doing the right thing. Uh, uh, and of course, maybe the person has a problem, right? Uh, 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 or a big ego, et cetera. But, but in general, I think if you, if you try to build mutual trust with everyone you work with, uh, everyone you interact with, you tend to get out a lot more. Um, and it doesn't have to be, they have to do it first, right? I think, I think, I think you know, you have to be genuine and say, well, I'm gonna do this for, for you because I just want to do this for you. It's that simple. And don't expect anything back, right? If you're doing things because you expect something back, then you're just, being, you know, you're dressing a big transaction, right? And basically, but, but you're not really being genuine. And I think with your boss and in that situation, probably I wasn't really doing all those right things. Um, so then I've tried to apply all of that, every mistake of the millions of mistakes I've made uh, with people. And I, you know, I'm still learning. So it's, there's plenty to learn here. <laughs> Just to tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a message all the leaders that we've had on this podcast have said we're always learning. And I think that's just um, a habit or um, something that all our leaders say, you know, you're, we're always learning. And I, I know that Karen and I feel that for ourselves. We're always learning new things. And I think one of the very important points you've raised just there, Geordie, is that when, when I, we, we talk to perhaps younger managers, or I'm going into companies talking to younger managers about managing your boss, that's quite a new concept to them. But I think you explained that really well as, as to why that is so important, that there is that need to manage upwards in the ways that you've talked about as well. I think very often people don't think of that. Yes, I, I think we, we all have an opinion, right? And I think it's a good way to put it might be, so you, you, know, you work in a company and of course I know more than the CEO. Of course, I, you know, everybody always knows. It's like, it's, it's like politics, right? It's really <laughs> yes. easy to say, oh, of course the prime minister should do this or that. Well, how do you know? Uh, that's your opinion, right? But until you're, you're in the chair, uh, uh, then it's pretty hard to um, be right. Uh, and so I think, I think you might think that your job is, you know, whatever it says in your goal sheet, whatever it's been defined, that's part of your job. Part of the, other, the other part of the job is you're beholden to the company that you work at and your job is to make that company successful. 
And so you're kind of a, 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 a gear and a really big engine. Uh, and so it's really important you understand that maybe the bit that you do is only one part of what your boss needs to achieve or the boss's boss or whomever that he or she might be. So, so being curious about how they get measured, what their objectives are, um, it's really key. Now, that does not mean that you are uh, unethical. It does not mean that you are um, just beholden to your boss for everything, uh, that you're doing the wrong thing. On the contrary, uh, it's very healthy because when you build that trust, then actually you can challenge. So, well, I think that's the wrong thing because of these things. Versus if you don't build that trust and your feedback is negative, then why would they listen to you? Because you haven't really built the trust. So, so, and I see it with my teams, you know, the people who, you know, I listen to everybody, but the people who I can see that are more transparent and more uh, about the company, I'll probably empower more and I'll listen to them more. Um, but, and that's in human nature. So, so I think that's, it's just really important that it's not about you, right? It's not about you. And, and I think when you realize that, then it's, it's just a lot easier to live in. There's less stress too. Uh, it's, a, it's very valid, Geordie, that. And as, as we, we're coming into sort of the last couple of questions now, thank you very much for sharing your insights so far. I've got two questions. My first one is, what do you think are the best ways to build trust? And you've talked about trust quite a lot through this podcast. It's important to you, and I know that. And then the second question is around, what, um, what pieces of advice would you give to aspiring leaders? So from your experience and, and your knowledge and your, your skills, what, would, what advice would you give to aspiring leaders? Um. Well, I think, I think um, as I said, you know, listening and being humble, you don't, you don't necessarily have the answer. Um, I think being hungry and demonstrating that you're hungry to, to drive excitement about doing something that is really great uh, is really important. Um, I think asking for feedback, just asking people, what do you think? Right, you know, uh, and and it's always hard for leaders to get feedback because a lot of people are afraid to tell you the truth. But it's important that you build enough trust that they can tell you the truth. And I guess if you don't have a mirror, how do you know what you look like? Right, if you don't have other people, whether they work in your team or you or other teams that you work with, if you don't have that, you know, self confidence and trust that you can say, you know what, I feel like I screwed this up. What do you think? Because like, you kind of know. So I think doing that is, is really, really important. And then, um, and then having a moral compass that is, it never deviates. You know, it, it, people see things. You can, you can earn trust and it can take a long time and you can lose it instantly, instantly. So I think really being... Um, just aware and, and thoughtful of why you're doing this, how are you doing it, how are you treating people, is it ethical, is it not, is it right? We all know if something is right or wrong. Uh, 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 the thing is that some people maybe are less worried about whether it's right or wrong. So I think those are the things that uh, are important. And I think if you look at the future, um, most of the jobs that, um, in the next 20, 30 years, 
a lot of new jobs are going to be created that do not exist today. Just like there are a lot of jobs now that don't, didn't exist 30 years ago. And, and a lot of those jobs, in my view, are going to be about having empathy, trust, teamwork. Companies are going to be a lot flatter. Um, uh, people are going to have be much more self-employed. Um, it's not going to be the typical company from you know 40 years ago, everyone sitting in an office and desks, etc. So I think I think you're going to need to demonstrate that leadership and that trust and that um, ability to empower a lot more. So so uh, I think the future is really bright, um, but it's going to be very different. Well, I think you I think going through the lockdown that we've been through has made us realize that things can be done so much more um, in a different way digitally for a start, not using offices, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think we're beginning to realize the potential that digitalization offers us and different business models. So I think you're, you're, you're very spot on there in how it's going to look differently in the years ahead. So thank you, Geordie, for, for sharing all of that with us. Very, very insightful. I knew this was going to be a great podcast because you are so strongly committed to values and ethics and, and, and a way of working. And I really respect that. Just to kind of round off, Geordie, is there anything you'd particularly like to share about what you're doing that's exciting or service now, a project or something you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, well, th thanks for the very kind and, and generous words. I, I think you exaggerate uh, a lot. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Not at all. Um, well, I think, I think more, than, more than about service now, I think, you know, the whole world is moving to consumer type experiences. If you think about it in, in your personal life, you know, you use apps and you use, you know, a lot of technology and, and, and um, applications and websites and the experience is fantastic. But the experience inside a lot of companies is very poor. It's kind of a 1980s experience. Why is that? You know, what, why, why do we have to have uh, poor productivity and poor experiences uh, when in fact uh, technology can connect and drive a lot more um, innovation it can make jobs easier because a lot of tasks tasks that we perform every day are an absolute waste of time you know searching for stuff uh, uh, in your company figuring filling forms all that stuff machines can do a lot better and so I think I think what's really important is that everyone thinks realizes that the whole world needs to be digitized because otherwise companies are not going to be uh, successful you know if it costs more money for a bank to do a wire transfer than a startup then who's going to win the startup lower cost faster easier so and, and you can extrapolate that to any industry so i think it's really important that all managers all leaders realize that this is unavoidable and the sooner they embrace the change by learning, by challenging the status quo, by um, rethinking the experiences, the more likely it is that they're going to be successful. Uh, and there's a hundred examples starting with music, you know, the, the world changed, but the fact that we're doing uh, video conferencing with the NHS uh, and, and there's dozens of other areas where people would, I mean, I guess, I'm dating myself here, but who would, who would have thought that they used to have to issue uh, 
tickets on paper to fly. And yet today, you know, you turn up with an app yeah. and you're done, right? In those days, no one would have accepted. They said, you're mad. What do you mean? I, my job is to fill in this little form. You know, this form is really important. So I think that it's really important for everyone to really understand that. And that is critical for the future of the UK. Absolutely critical. We need to digitize. We need to move a lot faster. We need to make the country more productive. Uh, and um, that's what we do as a company. Uh, but this was not necessarily about my company. It's, it's, it's more about the need for the UK to be competitive and to grow and for enterprises to embrace it. Thank you, Jordi. That, I mean, that's a very kind of somber note, but an exciting note to, to leave. It's a great note. It's positive. It, it, it is a great note. It is positive. But I, I was going to go ask you another question. I thought, well, maybe I, I'm going to take too long. Yeah. It's where do, you think, where do you think we are now with where we need to be, where are we on that scale? We are in the beginning of a wonderful journey um, because notwithstanding what's happening with COVID, et cetera, right? But, but when it comes to the experiences that we all um, face every day, it's better. But you can order food online instantly. You can order anything you want. You can get it tomorrow, sometimes today. Um, um, it's going to be a lot easier to get uh, access to information from government. It's going to be easier to get treatments from, from uh, you know, digital health. Um, um, if you look at the historical trends, the world is getting healthier. Uh, um, the standard of living is increasing, even though this, at this point in time, we're suffering with the great difficulties. But the important thing here is the trend is not the snapshot today, this year, or even five years. So I actually think the world has a great amount of possibility and opportunity ahead of it. And, and the future is bright. I'm really excited about, about our prospects. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see it any other way. Well, I do agree. The, the, um, there's lots of exciting things happening in the future, but in terms of leadership and management, when you said that there are lots of people working in organizations that perhaps are less motivated and happy, I think that's the area that still needs a lot of work. And it's how we can combine digitalization with individuals' needs and make their work more meaningful and more purposeful and more enjoyable. And I think that's the bit that we've really got to, to shift as quickly as possible. Yes, that is true. The good news is, look at how many young people like Callum are coming into the workplace, bringing their new ways of thinking, yeah. their kind of different set of expectations. And, and I think they are all about a world of possibility. So, so you know, the older generations like mine uh, will get out of the way. Um, Very kind of you not to add me into that. <laughs> That's very kind of you not to add me into that, Jordi, but I do fall into that. So, so, no, but seriously, I, I really think that it's, it's a world of possibility and it's their future. Uh, and, and I think they're going to they're gonna do great things because they have a very different way of looking at the world. Uh, and so, um, you know, I have a 14-year-old daughter. I, I, I see it. So, so it's, uh, future's bright. Thank you, Jordi. It's been... Thanks so much for the opportunity. It's been delightful to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us, share your insights. Much appreciated indeed. 
Yeah, I think may as well enjoy this being really nice to hear your thoughts and everything. I said a little bit about building mutual trust with the team. I thought that was really insightful. So yeah, big thank you for me and uh, nice to meet you as well. Well, thank you and uh, and um, yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.